something that I felt more that it was very not Josh's thing and very much the Holy Spirit's thing. And, and so I'm very excited about it. And uh, so let's pray together. Uh, we're going to read the Bible. We're going to be flipping through the Bible a lot. If you're on your phone, uh, pull up the New Living Translation because that's mostly what I'm going to that's what I'm going to be reading from. So uh, let's pray. Lord, we, we thank you for tonight, God. We, we thank you, God, that, that uh, Lord, that you are here, that, that your word is, is living and active and sharp, Lord. And so, God, I just pray that, that you would do your work in us with this beautiful, wonderful tool that is your word. And God, I, I just pray, Lord, uh, we need your help tonight, Lord. We need your help, God. Uh, Father God, I pray that, that you would help me to speak, Lord. And God, that, that Father God, that you would give us all ears to hear, Lord, and, and hearts to receive. God, I pray that, that your word uh, would, would, would take root in our hearts tonight, Lord. And that, that, Father, that it would produce much fruit, Lord God. So right now we partner uh, with Jesus. We connect ourselves to the vine, Lord. And we pray that, that you would just produce much fruit in our lives tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. So, I think I should have just a short vision statement that's up here, um, and I'm going to read it. Uh, let's see. I kind of did. I jump. There we go. Okay. So it's up there. I'm going to read it. Uh, life groups, at their core, are simply a gathering of spirit indwelt people who have intentional, growing relationships with the Lord and with each other and who use those relationships to help fulfill Christ's mission for the church. Church on the Rock North life groups have a threefold purpose, community, discipleship, and evangelism and church growth. So, you know, I've just been praying to God over and over and over again for those three things, and uh, I just want to encourage you guys to join me in that, uh, that, that this year through uh, what we're already doing and through new things that we're doing that God would just begin to create in our church. Like, like you remember what Pastor preached a couple of weeks ago? He said, we don't go to church. We are the church, you know, and we've got to shift that mindset. You know, we talked about it in our in our leadership meeting recently. You know, even our vocabulary, we're, we're making a conscious effort to kind of change our vocabulary. Uh, I'm doing it at home with my with my kids. You know, I say, I say, son, go put on your shoes. We got to go to church. And then I, and I say, no, no, no. We're going to our church service because we are the church, son. We are the church. And so it's programmed in me. I got to reprogram myself a little bit, but, um, we want to see. And that, that key there is community. In fact, community, I think, is the thing that we lack the most in, in, in just Christianity, especially American Christianity, I think community of those three things is the thing that we lack the most in, in the church in America. And so I'm going to save that for last. I'm going to talk about that a little bit more tonight. Uh, but all three of these things, you know, discipleship, we want to go deeper with Jesus, right? And, and we want to build, we want to build uh, a base of the Word of God and of, of prayer and, uh, you know, I do, I, I'm kind of a, a loner, uh, at times. I work out alone. Uh, I don't like to work out with a partner. Uh, I never have. I get frustrated when I used to go to a gym and people would come and talk to me. Hey, I'm working out. All right. And, uh, you know, I, I like to, um, I like to get in the word. You know, I wake up hours before my kids wake up so that I can have solitude and, and study God's word. Uh, and, 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 you know, most of the time I pray alone, but you know, there's, there's a powerful element whenever we study God's word corporately together in a, in a discussion base, not just, now there's power in preaching, right? That's why we, that's why we listen to pastor, but there's something powerful when we come together and we're all actively involved discussing the word of God and it's a different dynamic. And there's something powerful, you know, what's the word say? It says, where, where two of you are gathered in my name, I'm there, you know, I will hear your prayer. And, and, uh, and so, and sure, he hears us when we're by ourselves, but there's a different dynamic when we come together corporately. And so that, that's that, and I'm getting ahead of myself. So just a couple of high points before I talk about the three things. 
the purpose of life groups is to create a deeper level of discipleship and Christ-likeness in a greater percentage of our church to create community and friendship in our congregation where it currently does not exist and create a deeper feeling of belonging to the body of Church on the Rock North. You know, we shouldn't ever feel, man, I gotta go to church or Man, I gotta, I, I gotta, I gotta teach Sunday school today, or I gotta, man, I, I committed, I, I gotta go do the kids tonight. You know, we are the church. And so we've gotta create that mindset inside of ourselves. We, and we, and, and like I prayed, we don't do it on our own. It's the power of the Holy Spirit working in us, right? Uh, so community, and here's a key to church growth. Community is the key to people sticking in the church. When someone comes to church, an unbeliever who hasn't had, who God hasn't changed their heart, they haven't been born again, they don't have the desires of Christ inside of them, it's not uh, how good the worship is that's going to keep them here to hear the gospel. And it's not how good the preaching is that's going to keep them here to hear the gospel. What's going to keep them here to, to, to hear the gospel over and over again and hopefully, hopefully for God to eventually do the work of, of rebirthing them spiritually is if they make a friend. It's relational connections that cause people to stick in the church. And, uh, you know, I'll tell you, some, some believers, some Christians who leave our church leave because they don't have relational connection. And, and that's something that, that exists here, but I think that we need to take to another level as we, as we go forward in 2016. Uh, so relationship and trust grasp, grafts people into the body of Christ like sitting in a service will not. You know, you can come and sit in a service all you want to, but it's the relationship, especially for unbelievers and new believers, that's going to make them bind themselves and become part of this church. Uh, relational community opens ministry, growth, and discipleship opportunity in people's lives that cannot otherwise be open. Okay? You have something in your heart to give. You do. And sitting in pews, you do not get to give that all the time. These groups are, are, are an area where we can minister to one another. The various forms of, of grace and giftings can be expressed uh, in, a, in a corporate gathering. So uh, that's kind of the, the broad overview. And I, I've already <laughs> I've jumped ahead in my notes many times, uh, but, but hearing it twice is good, right? Uh, so that's the broad overview of life groups. And now I just want to talk briefly about those three things. Like I said, I'm going to save community for last. I want to talk about that a little bit more. So uh, let's turn to Matthew chapter 28. And the very last two verses, 19 and 20, is what we're going to read. So... Christ's great commission is for us to go and make disciples both here and around the world, right? He says, of all nations. So let me, let me read this to you. Um, therefore, this is Jesus speaking, therefore go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. See, God has empowered us to make disciples. He's empowered us. I'm going to talk about that a little more. There's a scripture that says that that we're going to read in a little bit. And while it's easy for an unbeliever or a lukewarm believer to blend into the crowd or check out, in a corporate worship service. Anybody ever check out during church? It happens to me sometimes, you know. I get tired sometimes. Anybody ever catch yourself with, not all the time, but sometimes with your eyes closed during church? It's happened to me a lot. <laughs> you know, there's, not, there's just times when maybe you don't sleep good the night before, or, you know, maybe you got a lot going on and, and you just check out, right? And so, 
where, where maybe, uh, maybe someone can hide in the crowd or check out in a corporate worship service, that same person is likely to be engaged and involved in a life group. You know, you, you got eight people in a circle, right? Eight, twelve, whatever it's going to be. We're, we're not really going to put a number on the groups. Two, three, uh, you know. Uh, it, it doesn't really matter, but in that small group dynamic, uh, you're, you're more engaged on a personal level, on a discipleship level. And the first and primary means of discipleship in life groups is a focused and facilitated by the leader, uh, the leader's the leader's job is not to teach. Okay, I have to tell myself this because I, I like to talk. Uh, and but the leader's group is not the leader's purpose is not to teach. The leader's job is to facilitate. You know, I'm going to tell my leaders. I'm going to pound it into them this month. Uh, you are to talk for 15 percent or less. But the group is to minister to one another. Okay, so it'll be facilitated. Bible study by discussion. That's going to be the focus of the Bible study. And Bible study and discussion are going to be a key part of each group for, for several biblical reasons. Let me, let me just read a couple of things to you. You guys know the Bible's important. Uh, I just want to read you a couple of scriptures that speak to that. Turn with me to Psalm 19, verse 9. It says, reverence for the Lord is pure, lasting forever. The laws of the Lord are true. Each one is fair. They are more desirable than gold, even the finest gold. They are sweeter than honey, even honey dripping from the comb. They are a warning to those who hear them. There is great reward for those who obey them. So just look. Just look at David's description of God's Word. Uh, just a couple of things that he says, just to reiterate them. He says the Bible is true and it's just. It is valuable and desirable wisdom. It is satisfying. It is a necessary warning and a great reward to those who obey it. And you can't obey the Word if you don't know the Word, right? And so we're going to focus on the Bible. Uh, one more on that. Second Peter... Way in the back, preparing for this, I got a lot better at knowing the order of my books of the Bible and flipping. I use my phone so much, and I, uh, it's good to flip through the Bible every now and then. Second uh, Peter 1, verse 3. As we know Jesus better, His divine power gives us everything we need for living a godly life. He has called us to, re to receive His own glory and goodness. And by that same mighty power, He has given us all of His rich and wonderful promises. He has promised that you will escape the decadence all around you caused by evil desires and that you will share in His divine nature. So you see, the, the, the Bible contains great and precious promises that enable us to share in the very nature of God. As we know Him, we become more like Him. And escape the nature of the world and the flesh. So not only do we become more like God, more like Jesus, but we, are, we, are, uh, we become more able to fight that spiritual warfare in our life, to fight the good fight of faith and not yield to the pressures and the temptations of the world. So the Bible... Uh, for those reasons and many, many more, is going to be a major part of our life group meetings, of every life group meeting. The second primary means of discipleship in life groups is going to be focused and corporate prayer. Uh, turn with me to Philippians chapter 4, starting in verse 6. It says, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. If you do this, you will experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So you see, instead of fretting about the trials of life as an individual... 
Because, you know, a lot of times when we, try to, when we try to deal with life on our own, you know, one man show it, we end up worrying, right? We end up fretting. We end up forgetting that God is God because all that we see is the, uh, the trial in front of us, right? So instead of doing that, instead of doing that as an individual, members of Church on the Rock North will engage with their life group in prayer. And I want to make something really clear. You know, some people don't feel comfortable praying out loud in front of other people, and that's okay. And you won't be forced to pray or uh, put on the spot to pray. Uh, but there's something extremely valuable in being around other believers as we pray together. I know that, that being in corporate prayer circles is how I learned to pray. You know, um, there's no other way to learn, really, than to hear someone who, who, who has biblically grown into a, into a solid prayer life, or, or no better way, I think. And so there's power there. Uh, there's power when you're able to tell your need or struggle to ten or so other believer, believers in confidence, and they are able to agree with you in prayer. And let me emphasize in confidence, because in the life group, one of the one of the key components to these things going to be being um, effective is going to be confidence. What's said in the group stays in the group. And so it's very important that um, in order to build trust amongst one another that we emphasize that, that, that our, our ministry within the group is very confidential. And when someone shares a need, uh, unless, they, unless they want it to be told to everyone, that we make sure that we don't tell it to everyone, you know? Because uh, how, how many of you know that if, if you are not the solution, and the person you are talking to is not the solution, then you're gossiping and you're sinning, you know? Uh, I'll say we. Then we are gossiping and we are sinning. And so uh, it's very important that we have that confidence as, as uh, we grow more and more trust in the groups and there's more and more confidence being shared um, because it's only when we, when we get uh, beyond the superficial, right? It's only when we get beyond the superficial that real ministry can happen. And, uh, and, and we can really begin to bind ourselves to one another and share each other's lives. And, and, and that's what we're aiming for. Lost my spot. Uh, life groups will approach God in prayer boldly and practically, understanding that Christ our mediator experientially sympathizes with us. So we go to God boldly, knowing that Christ is our is our sympathetic mediator who was a man who died in our place and is risen and is at the right hand of God making intercession for us. Uh, every life group meeting will begin with prayer and it'll end with prayer. We'll begin uh, asking God, just like, just like what I just did, ask, asking God to open our ears and our hearts to hear His Word, uh, asking God to make our time together fruitful, asking God to build relationships within the group. Uh, and then we'll end... There's two things that every, every group uh, meeting will end with in prayer. Number one is we will pray for the lost. We'll pray that, that, that God's Holy Spirit would open the hearts of the lost. You know, the Bible says that, that, that just like God said uh, in the beginning, let there be light and there was light, so God speaks and shines the light of the gospel into the, into the unbeliever's heart where previously he couldn't see, but now he can see. And, and we're going to pray those things. We're going to pray uh, the Scripture over the lost and that God would open their eyes to see and that, that they would have faith in Jesus. Uh, and that's going to be a focus of, of every group uh, every time we meet. And then the second thing is we're going to pray specifically for the needs of those within the group. Uh, we're going to ask people to share their hearts, share what's going on in their lives, share what they, they need to be joined together with prayer. Um, you know, I, I kind of foresee, and we'll play this by ear, but maybe in a larger group of 20, uh, if a group grows to that big, maybe we'll split up into fives or sevens or, or something like that so that we can all actively engage in, in corporate prayer for one another. Uh, and there's power in that. Um, so through Bible study and discussion and corporate prayer, we hope that you... The church, we hope that you, the church, will grow deeper in your relationship with other Christians and deeper in your relationship with Jesus.
That's the, that's the goal of discipleship in life groups. So, uh, now we'll move on to um, evangelism and church growth. And mi- you'll, you'll hear me call this a lot of stuff. Uh, I call it missional mindset. I call it looking outward. I call it uh, evangelism. Um, the, the, the gist of it is, is that we want to, we want to first get our eyes off of me, right? Want to get my eyes off of me. You know, I want to have my head on the swivel. I want to be able to see with the eyes of Christ, uh, needs. I want to be able to see people whose hearts are open, whose hearts are ready to hear the gospel of Christ, who, who God's already working on and they're tender and ripe and, and they just need the word of God spoken over their lives. We want to begin to be able to see those things. So first we get, I get my eyes off of me and then, uh, I get my mind and my heart outside of these four walls. Because Jesus doesn't just exist, and, and, and you, the church, just don't exist inside these walls. Uh, God means for us to come together and corporately strengthen one another, but then He means for us to go out and make a difference in the world that we live in. And so that's what we aim for in this second thing. So did I say turn to Acts 1? Did I say that? And go to Acts 1. It's the scripture I alluded to earlier. Uh, Acts 1, verse 8. It says, But when, and this is Jesus speaking again to his disciples after he was uh, risen, it says, But when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you will receive power and will tell people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So, you see, since we as believers have been empowered to be a witness, and we've been commissioned by Jesus, like we saw a while ago, we've been commissioned by Jesus to go and convert people to Christ. Of course, we know we don't do the conversion. We speak the gospel, and God does the work. But to speak the gospel so that some would believe and then make disciples out of them. That's 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 a twofold. That's the ministry of Christ through us and the ministry of the Holy Spirit in us. Uh, so therefore, a focus of life groups is going to be what I'll call relational evangelism. Um, and it's relational evangelism is just what it sounds like. It is it is building relationship with unbelievers with the hope of sharing the gospel with them. Relational evangelism. Uh, and there will be a stated goal for every member of the life group, including the leader, uh, to bring at least one unsaved or one unchurched person to the life group every semester. Now, the s- semesters are eight weeks long, uh, so you're going to have eight weeks to find someone, <laughs> invite them, and, and, and hopefully you can bring somebody, but the key is we want to at least invite somebody Okay, we want to target somebody. We want to pray. Listen, did I say this? You know, this isn't our ministry. This is God's ministry. It's God's work. And so I want to encourage you that as we take on this endeavor, uh, make prayer a priority in your group and begin to pray. Lord, I just pray that you would lead me to the person that I need to invite to, to my life group. I pray that you would open their hearts to, to, to receive my invitation. God, I pray that you would clear their schedule where they can come. God, I, 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 I present myself, uh, ready and prepared, but God, I, I put the burden on you, right? He says, he says, uh, casting all your cares upon me. You know, Christ said, my, my yoke is easy and my burden is light because the work's not ours. The work's his work. You know, we just present ourselves as a vessel ready and willing to move in His work. And so I want to encourage you guys just to begin to pray in those things, that, that God would begin to open those doors even now, because we're launching in March, right? It's right around the corner. And so um, I want you to know the, the leadership team, our small group leaders and, and myself, we're going to make prayer a priority. Prayer that, that God would prepare us. Prayer that God would fill the groups. Prayer that God would sustain the groups. And, and I just really want to encourage you to make prayer a priority, especially in this evangelistic outreach uh, um, focus that we're going to have. And as life groups grow into the fabric of our church, the hope is that most, if not all, of the groups will begin to meet out in homes. Okay, So I want you to expect that. 
uh, for the first one or two semesters, we're going to meet here because we're kind of shifting and, and, and we don't want you showing up to church and nobody's here but the kids workers. Uh, so, so, but, but the goal, the long-term goal is that we want to begin to shift out of the church into the homes and, and, and part of that is, you know, there's, there's, um, there's more of a, a possibility, there's more of an environment for that community to form. Uh, there's, there's more, it helps us to mentally make that shift that this is not the church, that we are the church. And, uh, to this point, to the evangelistic point, uh, a home in a small group setting is much less intimidating or, uh, you know, maybe someone has an aversion to church and they're not willing to come to a facility where they are willing to come to a home. And so that kind of speaks to that too. And, and so, uh, we're going to be working towards that and we've got a lot of logistical stuff like childcare and how we're going to do that. But, uh, you know what? I tried to figure that out and I got stressed out and I had to say, you know what, God, this is your ministry, not my ministry. And so figure out childcare, please, for me. Speak to me, Lord. And, uh, but, but that's where we're going. So, uh, and, and in this evangelistic outreach, church growth is not the primary focus. The, the primary focus is building the kingdom of God by winning people to the Lord, by speaking, by bringing them into our groups and speaking the gospel into them and, 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 and allowing the Lord to minister to them and change their hearts. But, uh, it's not, it's not the primary focus, but it's an expected result of the, of the evangelistic focus, uh, of life groups. And, uh, and how many of you guys know, you know, uh, you know, we need to fill this place. We've got this a big, awesome sanctuary. And, uh, and we need to fill this place. And, and, and God's given us visions of this place full. There's been prophecies. Uh, and, and I believe that this is going to be part of what gets us from, from the here and now to the amen, right? You know? So it's a, it's a, it's a, it's an expected result. And as the life groups grow, uh, you know, and just keep this in mind because you could be a leader one day. In fact, many of you in this room will probably be, if you want to be, if God so leads you to be a life group leader. Uh, in fact, you know, the leaders, uh, one of our goals is going to be to, to find someone who has that in their heart and to, we're going to call it apprentice, um, apprentice them, take them on as, as a, as a partner in ministry. Uh, with the goal of, if it's in your heart, to get you to the place where uh, you will successfully launch your own group. Okay, so so just keep that in your mind. Um, but as as the groups grow, you know, there will be freedom uh, in the leaders. Of course, you know, we'll 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 stay in touch with uh, church leadership, but there will be freedom and encouragement to begin to uh, plan your own events or, or uh, get creative at reaching out into the community and making a difference evangelistically. So we pray that life groups will build this this missional mindset inside of us, this mindset that's, that first is not always focused on me, and then brings uh my 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 church outside of these four walls and and we become the church outside of these four walls and we begin to reach out to our world uh, if that sounds scary to you that's okay uh because because you know some people it's terrifying to think oh, i got to invite somebody to my group or uh you know uh i got to tell somebody about my faith or or whatever to some of you that's terrifying i know that uh, at, at times, for some reason, it's not terrifying to me, and at other times, it is terrifying to me. It's weird, uh, but but we just got to keep remembering: prayers a priority, and the work is the Holy Spirit's. Okay, and we're going to reach our community uh, through these things. And then, of course, the last thing, the last priority, uh, is community. And I, I want to just walk you through, kind of, kind of quickly, seven scriptures regarding. Biblical community, just to give you kind of a picture about what the Bible says about Christian community. And uh, I'll comment a little bit, not a lot. So turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4.
and we'll start in verse 11. This is, this is the longest passage, and then the other ones are, are pretty short. Uh, verse 11, he, he is the one, speaking of God, um, He is the one who gave these gifts to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work and build up the church, the body of Christ. Until we come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature and full-grown in the Lord, measuring up to the full stature of Christ. And I want you to see, he equates spiritual maturity with unity in the body. Uh, Then we will, verse 14, then we will no longer be like children, forever changing our minds about what we believe because someone has told us something different or because someone has cleverly lied to us and made made the lie sound like the truth. Instead, we will hold to the truth in love, becoming more and more in every way like Christ, who is the head of His body, the church. And and here's another just huge community statement in verse 16. Under His direction, the whole body is fitted together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. And so a couple of things to pull out of this. Number one, I already kind of touched on it. Christian community is essential for full spiritual maturity. You can mature as a believer in the Word by yourself or in prayer by yourself, but if you want to come to full spiritual maturity, Christian community, according to the Apostle Paul, is a key aspect to that. Uh, If we do not have it, we are susceptible to being deceived and believing false teaching. And by connecting to different people in the church, we will be healthy and growing and full of love as a church. We'll speak the truth in love. And the body of the church heals itself. This is so powerful. It's powerful imagery. The body, the church, as we come together and we unify, we heal each other as we are fitted together in community. That's awesome. You cut your finger off, it's never going to get better, right? <laughs> if you gas your finger, but it's still on there, it'll probably get better, right? You know, it's, it's crazy. Uh, but it, but our bodies, our bodies uh, have such healing capabilities. It, it's, it's amazing to me, the healing capability of the body. And that's the imagery that Paul gives us here is that as we connect ourselves to the body, we are healed. Those wounds, those wounds inside of us are healed. Uh, you know, the scrapes and the bruises and the trials of life are healed as we are unified to one another. It's powerful. First Peter chapter 4. Verse 10. God has given gifts to each of you from His great variety. Everybody say great variety. That's the key there. Of spiritual gifts. Manage them well so that God's generosity can flow through you. So you see, grace is administered in various forms. What I'm good at, you may not be good at. What you're good at, I'm probably not good at. And, and that could be said throughout all of here. You know, um, God's primary gifting to me, uh, is, is, is teaching to, to, uh, you know, I believe that God's Holy Spirit comes on me and anoints me to, to, to love, to dig in, first of all, and then to love to, to teach others. Um, you know, there's gifts of, of hospitality. There's gifts of mercy. There's gifts of, um, healing. There's gifts of prophecy. There's gifts of tongues. There's a great variety of spiritual giftings throughout the church. And, and, uh, and that grace is, is, um, you know, it's administered in various forms. And we're to use our gifts to serve one another, which is a command that is impossible to fulfill without community. It's impossible. You can't serve others with your gift if you're not connected in such a way to other people that you are ministering to them uh, and, and have the opportunity to minister. Uh, 
Likewise, there is a ministry that each of us need. There's a ministry that you need that you will not receive if you are not connected in community to other believers. There's stuff that, that, that I, that we are missing not binding our lives to other believers. There's stuff that we need that we are missing because our lives are not bound to other believers. And, uh, and on the flip side of that, there's ministries that you have that other people need that they will not get unless you step in as the toe or the finger or the ear or the foot or the hand or the knee or whatever you are in the body. There's something that other people need that they will not get if you do not bind yourself to the community that is the church. And so it's not all about me. I got to get my eyes off of me. It's not about me. I got to understand that it's not about how I feel. It's not about um, what, what, what the culture says today. Uh, there are things that you have to offer that people need, and we need one another. Uh, Hebrews chapter 10. Verse 23, without wavering, let us hold tightly to the hope we say we have, for God can be trusted to keep His promise. Think of ways to encourage one another to outbursts of love and good deeds. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage and warn each other especially now that the day of His coming back is drawing near. See, Christian community is essential for encouragement in trying times and for motivation to acts of love and of good works. I remember uh, when I first got saved in high school, I got around... There's, there's a lot of my friends that, that either got born again or got really uh, excited about the Lord at the same time that I did. And we would, we would get around each other and we'd, we'd, uh, we'd see, you know, I'd see my, I'd see my buddy witnessing to somebody or I'd see, I'd hear, um, you know, a, a fervent prayer coming from one of my buddies or I'd see him at school praying for somebody and it fired me up. You know, it fired me up. It stirred me. It stirred something on the inside of me to have someone beside me who was on fire for the Lord, and it and it and it's contagious. And so, um, you know, it's it's important. It, it truly does being around other believers uh, inspire us to good works and and and, and good deeds and, and acts for the Lord. Uh, in short, community helps us to persevere. And to fight apathy and spiritual laziness. You know, nothing will get you, uh, out of spiritual neutral than being, uh, than being around a bunch of people who are, who got it in high gear. You know what I mean? And, and it, and it helps. And we get in those points of life, right? Especially if you're lone wolfing it. It's really easy to put it into spiritual neutral and, uh, get down on yourself and oh, woe me. And, and again, I'm, I'm looking at me. You know, it's not about me. It's about the church. The church is God. You know, I say this all the time. The church, the church is God's plan A. There is no plan B. You know, that is God's plan of redemption. That is the way that He administers the gospel to the world is through the church. And, uh, and, and so it's important. First John chapter one. Verse 7. Now, if you're not careful, you miss this. I'm going to read it twice. And I'll put a little emphasis on it. But if we are living in the light of God's presence, just as Christ is, then we have fellowship with each other. And the blood of Jesus, His Son, cleanses us from every sin. Now, I'm going to read the beginning and the end. Uh, and then we'll read the middle. He says, but if we are living in the light of God's presence, who lives in the light of God's presence? Christians, right? Uh, believers. 
And here's the other thing that tells us that, it, that it's talking about believers. And the blood of Jesus, His Son, cleanses us from every sin. Whose blood is Jesus applied to? Christians, right? Believers. So He's saying, if you are a Christian, now to get this, if you are a Christian, let's just say it this way, then we have fellowship with each other. And you know what He's saying there is? He's simply stating that community is an elementary and a basic part of Christianity. It's not something hard. It's not something that we should add on maybe one day. It's not something that, oh, I'll do that if I want to. Christian community is a basic part of being a believer in Jesus. It's something that that was always meant to be. Christ didn't create the church for individual Christians, you can read it all through the New Testament. Uh, he, he, he created uh, and his form of, of redemption uh, and, and the administration of the gospel was meant to be in a collective group of believers all over the world. And that was his plan. And uh, so fellowship with other believers should be a natural response for followers of Christ. It's elementary. You know, it's an elementary part of our faith. Let's uh, turn to the Gospel of John now. John 17. John 17, 20. This is Jesus' uh, prayer first for His disciples. And then then He begins to literally pray for us. You know, He says, for all who will believe. This was His prayer. Uh, right before he was betrayed, arrested, and, and, and crucified. Uh, verse 17, 20. I'm praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me because of their testimony. And this is his last prayer before he's going to be crucified. And, and the, the, the emphasis is clear. My prayer for all of them is that they will be one, just as you and I are one, Father. That just as you are in me and I am in you, so they will be in us. And the world, listen to the result, and the world will believe that you sent me. I have given them the glory you gave me so that they may be one as we are. I in them and you in me, all being perfected into one And listen to the result again. This is just so powerful. Then the world will know that you sent me and will understand that you love them as much as you love me. How do we show the world that, how do we show Jesus to the world? How do we show ourselves to be a true disciple of Christ? We become one with the church. We, we, we bind our lives to other believers. We connect ourselves in community to other believers so that we can show ourselves to be one in Christ. And he says, he says that the world will see that and they will be attracted to that. And, and, and more and more people will come to know Jesus. They'll be attracted to Christ, to the gospel. Uh, Matthew chapter 18, verse 19. I also tell you this, if two of you agree down here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. For where two or three gather together because they are mine, I am there among them. See, community, we talked about this a while ago, community empowers our prayers. There's power in corporate prayer with other believers. There's a different there's, there's something that I cannot explain that the Bible doesn't exist explicitly say that's different, a di- not, not better or more powerful, but a different dynamic in praying corporately than there is in praying by yourself. There's something different. There's something powerful. There's something that we need. And uh, John, back to John chapter 15. Verse 12. 
I command you, not I suggest to you, and it's Jesus, I command you to love each other in the same way that I love you. And here is how to measure it. The greatest love is shown when people lay down their lives for their friends. See, Christ commands us to love one another and lay down our lives for one another. Some people call this the new commandment. It's a command from Christ. And uh, community provides the great, greatest opportunity to obey that command of Christ consistently. So that's my, that's my, that's my broad pitch on, on community. And I hope it kind of gave you a, a picture. There's so many more verses in the New Testament about the church, about being one, about coming together corporately. Uh, you know, uh, in some of, in some of Paul's letters, he uses the phrase, when you come together. You know, he, he does, it's, it's the assumed, uh, means that, that we, that yes, we have personal devotion and yes, we grow on our own, but there's an assumed, um, coming together and joining our lives together. And, uh, so anyway. That's community. And I just want to close with one last passage. I want to turn to Acts chapter 2. Uh, and this, this passage describes the early church that formed after the Holy Spirit was given to believers. And I pray tonight that life groups will be a blessing beyond your expectations, that it will strengthen you spiritually, and that it will empower and embolden you to live for Christ and live for others like you never have before. And, and that's what I'm believing God to do through this. So let me turn over. I'm behind. Acts chapter 2. Okay. Starting in verse 41. Those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church, about 3,000 in all. They joined with other believers and devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, sharing in the Lord's Supper and in prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together constantly and shared everything they had. They sold their possessions and shared the proceeds with those in need. Now look at the pattern. Look at the pattern right after Christ departed and the Holy Spirit was given. Verse 46. They worshiped together at the temple. Corporate worship. Sunday morning, weekend worship services. And, and um, you know, we'll still have corporate services here during our small group breaks. But they worshiped together at the temple each day. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And you remember I said that as the church becomes one, more and more people are attracted to Christ. Uh, listen to this last part of verse 47. And each day the Lord added to their group those who were being saved. Wow. Does your life look like that? Does, does our life as a church look like that? Because I don't believe it does. And, and right here is, is guilty number one. Uh, you know, is our are our lives bound to other believers? You know, are you thinking in your mind right now that, that man, I'm missing that Christian community in my life? Or maybe you have Christian community in your life and you're thinking, man, I need more of that in my life. I need to bind my life to other believers. Like I said, I know that I'm missing that crucial component, component in my life. Uh, and I want to encourage you guys, uh, you know, outside, we moved the table to the foyer out there and we've got sign-up sheets. The, the three groups on the left uh, will be meeting here on Wednesday nights. And the group to the far right, the, it's called the Letters of John, it's Michael's group, they're going to actually be meeting on Monday nights off-site. They're our, they're our test group for, for meeting off-site. And um, they're actually, 
they're actually meeting at the Certino's restaurant, and, and I meant to say that, you know, uh, if you're, if you do become a leader one day, it doesn't have to be at your house. It could be at somebody else's house, maybe who wants to open their house, or, uh, you know, you can meet at a, at a coffee shop, a restaurant, but the key is, is that we're, we're coming together outside of the church walls with the goal of community, discipleship, and evangelism. And, and so that's, that's the goal. So I want to encourage y'all, um, to, to sign up for a group on your way out. You know, has this spoken? Has this rung true in your life? Do you see the biblical, uh, backing to what we're trying to do? And I, I hope you do. I hope you've caught the vision. I hope you've gotten a little bit excited about this ministry. And I, I hope, uh, that tonight you'll go and, and look at the groups and, and sign up on your way out. So uh, you guys can stand up if you want, and I'm going to pray, and then we will be done. Lord, we, we thank you, God, for your word. Lord, we thank you for, uh, Lord, that you make it oh so clear that, that community, Lord, is, is the way of the church, God. That, that Father, that we are not to be uh, lone wolf Christians, God, but, Lord, that, that we are to uh, bind ourselves to other believers and, and share life together, Lord, and, and do life together, Lord, and, and study the Word together and eat together and pray together, Lord. And, and in, in these things, Lord, we thank You, Father God, that we are healed, that we are strengthened, Lord God, that we are motivated to good works, Lord God, that we are motivated out of spiritual laziness, Lord, that, that Father God, that, that, you, uh, that You show us to be Your disciples, Lord God, and that you make us a powerful witness, Lord God, to the world as we come together as one in the body of Christ, Lord. And God, I thank you, Father, for for bringing this to pass in our church, Lord God. I thank you, God, that, that more than ever, Lord, that we are going to connect as a church body, Lord. And that we are going to begin to come together as, as you meant us to be, Lord. And Father, we believe, God, the work is yours. We believe that you are going to do great and mighty things through this, Lord. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.